bulletproof radio, a state of high performance. Um, when people are doing SARMs or anabolic steroids, they're putting on muscle rapidly, but they're doing the X3. Are they less likely in your experience? There may not be a study, but just from what you've seen, are they less likely to experience an injury compared to weightlifting? Speaking from experience and yeah. uh, MRIs that people have sent me, the answer is yes. You cool. you would be less likely to injure based on the loading curve of X3. And, and when we talk about loading curve, I, I'm going to expound on that a little bit and correct me if, if I need correcting. Mm-hmm. So, so guys, if, if you're picking up a, a heavy bar loaded with weight and you wobble a little bit, it accelerates at that 9.8 meters per second squared. And all the proprioceptors, the little local networks that are trying to protect your joints and the rest mm-hmm. of your body, they, they inhibit you from doing that. But if it wobbles a little bit too much, it actually weighs more and then you get overloaded. But if you're dealing with an elastic band, gravity is not the accelerator. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you're not getting the same risk of injury because you can't wobble and have it continue to accelerate almost indefinitely like it's in free fall, which is what happens if you drop a bar. Good description? Good description. All right. I mean, that wouldn't be good for most of the most of the trolls out there. <laughs> they well, they wouldn't be able to understand it. Uh, you're you're the, speaking about their uh, reading level. They, they're um, welcome. They're welcome to comment if they want to. It means they're listening, and maybe someday there'll be less trolls when they realize they were bullied in seventh grade, but, and that's why they act like trolls. Man, you taught me a great lesson. And this is before I got trolled like hard. <laughs> you were like, these clowns bring their friends who aren't always as stupid as they are, and their friends will buy the product. And I was like, you know, it's really it's true. Yeah. I mean, you got you got harassed by a whole bunch of clowns and it did nothing but make sales go up. I had a mob of them that were sent over by uh, by Rogan when he was uh, starting mm. or invested in a competing company. And yeah, it, it was pretty traumatic at the time. But the reality is that it was helping to sell more. And even recently, this is a great, a great thing. You'll want to do this. Some guy I'd never heard of called Fitness Chef in the UK um, mm. nominated me for like the biggest con artist of the year because I talked about uh, circadian rhythms or something. So... Uh, I'm like, who is this guy? And I look him up, and he's he one of don't those guys. Think, he doesn't he, think circadian rhythms are a thing. No, he doesn't. You don't even he have a product thinks, around that. Exactly, and he also <laughs> thinks that diet soda does the same thing. Like, like he's one of those people. It's okay to eat oh, Oreos yeah, yeah, all day yeah. as long. Anyway, yeah, there's not, a couple of a, idiots that are out there, like like espousing that aspartame is great. Yeah, and you're like, people are fatter and sicker than ever, especially so, those who consume more aspartame. So like here's the it's dumb. It's here's the hack for you though. Research shit, dude. What? <laughs> With trolls like that, you actually put them on your page and you use their handle as a discount code on the X3 bar. That's it's what beautiful. I did. So Fitness Chef drove tens of thousands of dollars of sales of my circadian yeah, nice. product using his account name. Yeah. Right. Ooh, so like thank you, Fitness lot. Chef. I love you, brother. Could you yeah. say more about me? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. The um, there was a there was a guy recently who I actually kind of like, and I'm not going to mention names. Yeah, uh, uh, just because I don't want to you know, have my. I mean, the guy was a real jerk, but I kind of like the fact that he raises at least awareness of some science. Sure. And yeah, I mean, this guy is just like 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 he told me based on promotion of fasting, and it's like you know he's all about 
calories in, calories out. And that's the oh only my thing God. Hormones there's don't still, exist to this guy. There's and, still people and it's like just that. like, okay, dude, like, first of all, I'm not one or the other. Like, I might do, I, so I eat one meal a day. That's an intermittent fast. And then my meal is a caloric deficit, but I'm getting a protein surplus. So we know you can gain muscle and lose body fat at the same time. Now, testosterone crashes within 30 days of doing that, but yep. I do have a prescription for testosterone replacement therapy, <laughs> maybe one of the only advantages of that. Uh, you know, it's funny. I don't care how many times I mention that I have testosterone replacement therapy. I get accused of it all the time, and it's just like, clown did you people not? do the same to me I'm like, like it's shit, an anti-aging I posted thing. about it yesterday you, I'm, it, I'm trying yeah, to hide it. it it's in all my books people yeah, used to yeah. go i'm like guys you, just just stop it if you want to find know. a problem you can find one but it might be you and, oh yeah and oh frequently okay. yeah go look in the mirror in yeah. your bathroom that's where your yeah, problem exactly is. yeah so the um yeah and so like i can avoid that based on on the you know on the, on the trt um, yep. oh, oh, here's another funny thing. Uh, and I think you got this. I think you were the one that like stimulated me to do this. Uh, somebody who said like you had been on TRT and that's why you had such an advantage. And it was of course, like, unfair advantage. I'm also on thyroid. <laughs> like, gee, it's like, sure. I'm going to live a long time or something. I, who would have thought? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Also you get a decent night's sleep and you work on your sleep. So is that an unfair <laughs> advantage to everybody else? Should the police come over and bang on your window in the middle of the night just to make it fair? Uh, That's right. 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 So yeah, the, um, the, the, I lost my place here. I don't know what the hell I was saying. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The um, if you look up testosterone replacement therapy as defined by WebMD, which is better than the FDA, uh, yeah, they a little bit. I don't know anyone They're, who Google will rate on a health thing is not a, re a reliable source. So I don't use Google anymore for health searches. But I think WebMD oh. rates too highly on Google, so it's probably not accurate. Probably. Sorry, guys. Uh. Yeah, but <laughs> they define testosterone replacement as a natural level of testosterone. Like full stop. That's okay. what it means. What are right. your average numbers? Now, when you're what, are, but what are the advantages? Like there are advantages. If you miss a night's sleep, does your testosterone crash? No, but it normally yep. would. Or yep. if you drink a bunch of alcohol, does your testosterone crash? No, but it normally would. So those are a couple of, of advantages, the, but you know, like the, living the one I'm seems like a good deal to me. What say it again? Say it again. Plus, living longer seems like a good deal to me. Oh, right. So th th there's always that. There's that. Uh, and I published I published the studies about that in my aging book, but people just get mad about it. But what are your levels? Like, where are you normally targeting when you do TRT? Uh, my uh, my endocrinologist wants me around 1,000, a little over 1,000. Okay. Yeah, nanograms. I, I target between 800 and 1,000 uh, okay. for me, and that seems to work really well. And, you know, if I go above that, it's, I, I don't know that I get a lot of advantages, no, but it you get side doesn't effects. feel quite you, right. Then, then yeah. it's like you start getting symptoms that you're converting some to estrogen, which should not happen. Like yep. if you have those symptoms, you're taking too much. Yep. Yeah. I'm and I, and I, I got, I've won over a lot of endocrinologists, including my own. Cause I'm like, look, like you're not supposed to be to like aromatase inhibitors. They're, they're not candy. You shouldn't give them away like that. 
And, yep. and so because they have a much bigger downside than the testosterone does. And for those that don't, don't know what an aromatase inhibitor, basically it slows your estrogen down or shuts your estrogen production down while you have the high uh, androgenic in your body. And well, it, the testosterone is converting to estrogen for a reason. It's because you have too much and you're not using it. So cut yeah. back. And you got to work with your doctor on this if you get a prescription for testosterone. It's not there so that you can have a supernatural dosage. In fact, that would be illegal and your doctor would be thrown in jail if that was the objective. And that's never the objective. The objective is to get you at the most healthy level, which means you yeah. don't have side effects. And that's so, true. right. And so like, like I was originally prescribed 200 milligrams and now I take like 140. A week? A week. Once a week or twice a week? Are you Once dividing a week. it? So, so and I'm, and I, I do, and I'm at a I thousand do 70. Wow. I, I do 70 once a week, maybe 75. Okay. Uh, and that seems to be enough. But I, there's a lot of evidence that says if I cut that into two, cut it in half and did it twice a week, more frequent dosing seems to be healthier. It's yeah. just a pain in the ass to literally to stick the literally. needle into your stick ass. The but uh, <laughs> yeah, you could also do subcutaneous shots. Those aren't. Yeah. Those aren't so yeah. bad. There is some evidence. I mean, a sub Q is more effective on a, a per mil basis, but it mm -hmm. probably aromatizes more easily than going into muscle. Uh, yeah. I did a lot of research on that. I switched from yeah. sub Q going to IM, and I'm getting better results on IM. Okay. Um, which, but yeah. I mean, I, I've I've played around a lot, and it may be individual variability. Yeah. So you you talked about something else in your book that's cool about and anabolic rebound after fasting. Mm -hmm. Tell me what, tell me what you've written about there. Yes. Yes. And, uh, so, okay, here's, um, you've never met Henry, my co-author. No. Uh, it's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Uh, just, he's just awesome. And so I, I called him one day and I, and I'm describing something. I'm like, well, every time I get done with like a fast, uh, whether it's a 24 hour fast or a 72 hour fast, whatever, I feel like I have like, it's like, it's like I went through puberty again for like a day and I just put on like a pound of muscle. Like all of a sudden I look a little different or, you know, like I was already leaner, but all of a sudden it's like muscle came on, but none of the body fat or, or even hydration even came back. It's just, I feel like I'm gaining muscle like at an abnormally high level. And so see, here's what I want you to do. And so the problem with the fasting studies is the fasting is generally looking for weight loss, fat loss. Uh, it's checking hydration, but it's also, mm -hmm. they're looking at body composition. So if somebody gains muscle in an abnormal way, it'll be recorded, but it probably won't be in the abstract. So what I want you to do is read the discussion section. In, I think we were referencing 20 different fasting studies at the time. Mm -hmm. This is why we were writing the book. Read the discussion section and look for any abnormal gain in muscle mass because like the, the researchers weren't looking for it. So they won't, it will not be the thrust of the study. The thrust of the study will only be about whether this is a good weight loss method or not. And so Henry says to me, he's like, that is like, like the chances of me finding that are next to zero. Like you're, mm -hmm. that's, that's a really specific request. And I said, just humor me. Just, just give me, and it was like, it was in the morning. I'm like, just give me the rest of the day. Give me seven hours. Just do this for seven hours. And he's like, all right. Calls me an hour later. And he's like, was this a trick? 
did you read these already? <laughs> and I said, no, no. I, I mean, I, I was actually in the middle of meetings. I was at meetings all day long. I was traveling. And uh, I said, no, but tell me what you found. He goes, I found exactly what you were describing. And there's one specific study that just they said, we, we can't explain why the fasting group gained 2.2 kilos of muscle. This or five pounds of muscle mm-hmm. uh, in 24 weeks. And they did not work out at all. Neither did the control yep. group. Of course, the control group lost a little bit of, of muscle because they were in caloric deficit, which is to be expected. Uh, and the fasting group gained five pounds of muscle doing nothing. It, it seems like fasting might be good for you. I, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's been a part of the Bulletproof Diet since 2011, the intermittent fasting thing. It's like one of the first things you wrote about. Even, even when all you had was um, the Bulletproof Executive website. Yeah. 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 You were talking about it back then. Because it, it was one of those things where I, yeah. I was seeing those results, where I was feeling mm-hmm. better, uh, my muscle composition, and I was getting, like I had abs for the first time, right. even though I'd done Atkins and I'd tried paleo and all that stuff, and yeah. I wasn't getting the results. It, it's like, just don't have breakfast already. It's not that hard. And I, I love it that that fasting has enough studies now that you know it's very hard to argue with the fact that fasting has metabolic effects. People say it yeah. doesn't. They're, they're lost in clown land where yeah. I have a belief if I'm wrong, I'm a bad person, mommy won't love me. And, and they yeah. will never see new, new ideas because new ideas would make them bad people. Yeah, there's, there's a whole world. crowd yeah. of nutrition scientists out there that almost have like, a, like an orthodox like way of looking at things that actually is not scientific. It, they it's just miss anything yeah. that isn't caloric restriction because caloric restriction has more studies. Well, caloric restriction was studied for longer. It, I've okay. been studying psychology a lot lately, trying to understand the behavior of certain executives that I've hired in some of my portfolio. Mm. And, and I realize, uh, in fact, I've, I've seen the studies now, um, what narcissists do, mm-hmm. anytime they're wrong, it means they're bad people and it means no one will love them. Therefore they can never be wrong and they will walk Mm -hmm. off a cliff. And when you get a narcissist who was either bullied or abused by their parents and they become a research scientist in nutrition, they will find an idea, they'll glom onto it and they would rather die than evolve their thinking because no one will love them if they evolve their thinking. Like it is a brutal psychology trap. And if you let those people into your company, they can destroy it. And if you let them into academia, they're bad people. Like you just, we need to also therapy or prison. They, they just have a confirmation bias going into absolutely yeah. everything they do, mm-hmm. and it's just be, like beyond me. You know, you know, it's like, and also I don't see either or. It's like caloric restriction is fine, intermittent yep. fasting is better, but like you could do both if you want, or yeah, you could try you know, them I'm both. Doing both. Yeah, like yeah, it's just it's okay. Like Mind blowing how absolutely like unscientific they're willing to be when it comes to something that they have made a stand against. And, and, you know, I, I don't want to get political, but I I just remember when, um, George W. Bush just wouldn't admit that he was wrong about weapons of mass destruction. And it was just like, (laughs) I think the world would have forgiven the guy if he just said, you know, our data said it was there and it wasn't. Yep. That's all I need to say. It was just like, he was a wildly unpopular president in his second term because he just wouldn't say it. 
The the recipe for government is very very tightly tied to that never be wrong, do whatever mm-hmm. it takes to stay in power, lying's okay. Yeah. And, it, and that's not a partisan thing. That's just, you know, what's the oh. rule of government? Don't lose power. And it doesn't matter what you do, because if you lose power, you're not a good government. You're not uh, you're when, not government anymore. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so right. it's like we can teach though in, in academia, you're not government. So like we can teach you to be kind as a scientist and to be humble. And to be mm-hmm. curious. And when you see those ones, those are the ones who change the world. Because, yeah. like, oh, my God, I always thought this. And now I saw new evidence. So I evolved my learning versus mm-hmm. I defended my pedestal. And I'm just so tired of that. Um, yeah. And you're seeing it like the, these these things crumble because of social media. Uh, yeah. So we all talk about stuff that works. And then you get all these crusty old academics who are saying, that can't be. Therefore, it isn't. Uh, and same thing, you know, X3 case in point, right? Yeah. You can't put muscle on faster than you can put muscle on. And you say, but I just did. These are the same people said, you can't put butter in your coffee because you'll die. And you're like, well, that's funny. People lost a million pounds and they actually improved their blood markers. That's so weird, yeah. right? And so I'm with you there. Yeah. You talk about some other radical stuff, though, that we haven't we haven't touched on. All right. So – Taking carbs and Viagra together to trigger muscle cell splitting. Okay, what's up with this? Are you telling me I can take Viagra to grow muscles other than the one it's supposed to grow? Yep. All right, tell me how that works and what I could do that wasn't pharmaceutical. So what what I was looking at was um, how do we induce hyperplasia? So... Hyperplasia is the splitting of muscle cells. It's very rare. Uh, Professor Jose Antonio at Florida State University has uh, done the most work. In fact, his doc- he's, he's, this is like the protein guy. Uh, he's one of the world's experts on protein consumption and building muscle uh, and, and just what you generally need for health. Uh, brilliant guy. But he, he did his doctoral work on hyperplasia and what he would do is take birds and put them into an extreme stretched position. So, you know, pull their wings way back. And <laughs> sounds kind of mean. <laughs> well, you know, animal studies. I mean, yeah. hey, it'd be better if we did it to people, but I don't think people would agree yeah. to 24 hours of being in a stretched position. As long as you um, eat the birds when you're done, it's probably better than what they do to industrial chickens. So probably. There's that. Yeah, there's that. So we um he showed, he demonstrated in his research that that these these birds could grow, they could increase their muscle mass in the pectoral muscles by 140% with the stretching. Well, stretching doesn't do it for humans, and birds are obviously very different biomechanically, biochemically, uh, and, uh, you know, like yoga people don't put on muscle. So we know that that's not a thing. It, is, that, is that true? Because, man, when I did yoga, I, I was freaking ripped. I mean, really? I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but you do crow pose. I mean, that that's a weight bearing exercise, handstands and all that. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, there's there's aspects of that, but like it's not like bodybuilders are like, oh, forget weights. I do yoga. Uh, oh yeah, you will not be a bodybuilder, but you'll you can get pretty pretty muscular from yoga if you're doing a muscular practice. Well, there's so just, there's just, something yeah. there, and yeah. and that, that's kind of where I'm going. And so okay. the idea is you stretch the fascia of the muscle, the casing around the muscle. And that's one of the limitations when it comes to stimulating the muscle and either having growth of the cell or splitting of the cell. If there's extra room in there, the cell can split. So what you do is you take a vasodilator 
which would be like Viagra or a Tadalafil. Niacin? Uh, would, would niacin? You could take niacin. You could take, niacin. Okay. You could take epimedium. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think epimedium, I don't know. Every form I've ever stumbled upon it in, it was just like the worst smelling, worst tasting thing ever. <laughs> uh, but not, I mean, niacin um, would work. <clears throat> uh, yeah, just as long as you get vasodilation and then you need um you want to super hydrate the muscle so what i do is i take like 40 grams of glucose glucose tablets which you can find in you know any drugstore uh usually in the diabetes treatment section yep and so i'll do that so an hour before the workout i take the vasodilator 15 minutes before the workout 40 grams of glucose workout and then stretch Afterwards, so blood's rushing into the muscle. Okay. So I've hyper hydrated the muscle. Now, when I stretch, the fascia is is put at such a an extreme that it is stretching, and mm. the with the objective of triggering hyperplasia. Oh, that's that's actually really cool. Uh, wouldn't a little bit of creatine help as well? It could, but you know, you know how much red meat I eat. So I, I was so probably you're, at you're my maximum level of creatine. Yeah. But if you took deficient. like a, a micronized creatine at the beginning of that, glucose is, of course, going to be really good. There's nothing stopping you from putting glucose in your pre-workout or hell, you can put it in your Bulletproof coffee if you want to. I mean, if you want to have a really great day, you, you don't do it all the time because it's bad for you. But like if, if it's a high-performance day, 20, 30 grams of glucose plus the MCTs, <laughs> holy crap, right? But right. The, the, the coffee and all isn't going to do anything for your protocol here. Right. And um, how much – so Epimedium is, is horny goat weed. Um, yep. How much of that do, would you recommend? I mean I've taken that stuff on and off. I, I don't remember. the. Don't remember the dose? Okay. Yeah, because I just – Is it I a normal dose right or is it like a lot? No, it's normal dosage. Okay. Got it. So yeah. you take a it's couple of capsules of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a couple capsules of horny goat, um, some glucose. Could you use honey? It doesn't spike quite as high, but you probably could use it sure. if you wanted to. Sure, All right. honey's fine. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan yeah. of fructose. Uh, Me either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the studies are not a fan of <laughs> fructose either. Yeah. There's there's a study that's pretty new called uh, F is for fat, F is for fructose. Yeah. Um, yeah, did you read it? I haven't read it, but I, I, it's, I came it's a pretty new. It, yeah. It's this year. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, it showed like like 25 percent more fat storage when they took two groups of people that they primarily gave fructose to versus glucose mm -hmm. the fructose crowd put on a lot of body fat and the glucose crowd and it wasn't a high amount in, in either case but it really seems a lot like the fructose went right to fat storage oh it totally does it raises triglycerides and guys yes. if you're listening and you're like fructose glucose sucrose the sugar that you normally eat white sugar brown sugar all that kinds of coconut sugar it's basically half glucose and half fructose and if you're eating high fructose corn syrup and honey and uh, agave and all that it's got way too much fructose in it so there's the ratio and there's an argument if it's in the bulletproof diet even that you toss out the fructose you minimize that if you're going to have the carbs you have the glucose you're still going to get advanced glycation it's not good to spike your sugar all the time but mm -hmm. if you were to do it once or twice a week in conjunction with stretching after a workout and it totally yep. fixed your fascia, all right, I, I'm totally thinking that the the risk-reward and the, the pros and cons, the pros yep. are ahead there. And you're saying yep. you don't bother with horny goat weed. You just go straight for Viagra? Uh, your favorite? Tadalafil. Tadalafil, all right. Yeah. Got it. Okay. 
uh, and it has other side effects. I wonder, is there any peptide you could use there? Like PT141 doesn't cause vasodilation, but it sure has other Viagra-like effects. Any, you know, like I, I, thus far, like SARMs and peptides, I, yeah. I have not recommended or tried only because a lot of them don't have enough research behind them. So I'm just super cautious. Wow. BPC has enough research. That, that stuff is awesome. It probably does. Yeah. yeah. I just haven't. Okay. So, got it. Yeah, I could. But And guys, BPC is a, a BPC-157, which is a gastric healing peptide that will heal a lot of injuries that people get. So you can take it orally or you can take it in, injection-wise. How, it's got how a ton is of that, evidence. Has that ever been trialed for stomach ulcers? Oh, tons. Even IBS and Crohn's, they get better. I mean, you need to kill whatever's causing the ulcer if you have um, H. pylori or whatever. But um, I'm asking I mean, because I had H. pylori. Oh, uh, yeah. So you yeah. got to kill the H. pylori, even grapefruit seed extract. There's natural ways, silver, or you could take antibiotics, but then it just heals really fast. Yeah. And it's meant to be active orally. And so it's probably the best studied and safest of all the peptides other than maybe GHK, uh, yeah, okay. which is something you find in collagen anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's a copper tripeptide. Yeah. One, one thing I want, this is a discovery I made. Uh, while writing the book, and I couldn't wait to talk to you about it. And this is like, so I, I talk for first, like the premise of the book is like the standard approach to fitness isn't working. Most yeah, people who work out all the time don't see any results. Nothing. 23%, one of the first uh, studies that I cite uh, shows that 23%, a quarter of the people cannot trigger muscle protein synthesis at all, no matter what they do. What the heck? How yeah. is that even possible? Well, that, and that was the question. Now, it was th this particular study that I'm talking about. Um, it just noticed that a lot of people who weren't already filtered out as strength athletes, because a lot of strength studies just use strength athletes. And a lot of them that just use like beginners, a quarter of them kind of don't have any response at all. So it screws with the, the study. So they're sort of preconditioned to be muscle gainers already before a lot of these studies happen. So when this particular study took a chunk of the general population and looked at it, they, they weren't triggering any growth at all. So the question is why, uh, you know, we all, I always, I always get a little bothered when somebody says everybody's different, find out what's right for you. Nah, that's sort of like the, the cop out. That's for the people who want to eat Twinkies all day. And they're like, I do better with high carbs. No, you don't. You just want to eat that way. I don't know. I, I, there, there is about 10% of the population who genuinely does better on high starch, but not high sugar. Okay. Yeah. Right. right. Th yeah. That, that's uh, a real I'll, thing. I'll, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> but so so what what I ended up looking at was what really are the genetic differences between yeah. people like and so that that's where I, the book concluded. That's at the end of the book. And so so I look at hormonal differences, hormonal differences, deficiencies aside, mm -hmm. aren't that big of a deal. So you look at, you know, most people who are 20 years old, they're kind of all the same. I mean, that's true. Yeah, pretty much all the same. So same level of testosterone, same level. Races are a little different. Like, you know, black people mm -hmm. have higher testosterone than, than uh, you know, white people, than Hispanic people, than Asian people. So, yep. uh, but also not drastic differences. But here was the stark difference. And it was that the tendon layout where the muscles connect to bone is 
usually the same. However, there are outliers and those outliers can become very powerful people. And so like, like if you, you know, you look at my arm, if my ridiculous arms, yeah. Oh, thanks dude. (laughs) Uh, the um so like if you look at my arm and i'll describe it for the people who are just uh just listening to this you have your your pectoral and it inserts on the sternum and then somewhere on the humerus bone usually right at the start of the humerus bone towards the top but some people have a mutation so they have an attachment at the other end of the humerus bone now they've got incredible leverage Mm. on their pectoral muscle Therefore, they are able to engage the weaker range of motion to a greater degree than you. These are the people who become NFL players. These are the people who seem gifted. These are the people who I knew a guy in high school, uh, like he looked like a professional bodybuilder at like 17 years old. And he looked like he was on every drug you could imagine. But no, I mean, the guy was just like mowing lawns for the summer and went through puberty. And like all of a sudden he was gigantic and uh he was our best football player in in high school and you know like it was just like we kind of all shrugged our shoulders and i was friends with them it was just like i guess it's genetic well the genetic difference was i watched this guy bench press he seemed to bench press with no sticking point you know like Mm. sort of just getting it off the chest and this is the sticking point whereas uh, you know other people this guy was you know it was it had a little more trouble in here but then when he got to the top he got to the top so we have a certain group of people, maybe 1% of the population that has this tendon mutation. And so they're the ones that can become outrageously strong. Now, there's still a limit to the strength they can gain. But when you have a high degree of variable resistance in your training, their advantage is gone. Oh, really? Yes. And that is why X3 works so well. That is, that is like the main thrust of like why I want everybody to read weightlifting is a waste of time. Why you like, once you understand this, like, and I also, I love the NFL. I have, I think seven, uh, no, 19 NFL players I'm working with right now. Um, And you can see them all on the website. Terrell Owens is one of them. Like he's still in NFL condition and he loves X3. He came to us. Uh, you know, and he, we have an unpaid endorsement from you know, one of the uh, NFL Hall of Famer, one of the greatest That's receivers cool. that has ever lived. And, and so what, what he can do now, he does have this mutation, but it's still an advantage for him because he's offloading the weaker range of motion and hyperloading the stronger range of motion. And that's really the difference between these athletes that can access more of the muscle in the weaker range of motion. So in, in, in essence, anything he does is almost like variable resistance, but not to the same degree. And now (coughs) that, that X3 is available to the public, everybody can take advantage. Everybody can gain like the NFL. And what I love about the NFL is they are drug tested. Like you wouldn't believe. So when you look at an NFL player in their conditioning, that's natural. That's real. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. 
What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Okay, uh, that makes a lot of sense. It, it is real. Yeah. I, I came up with this idea. I read about it in, actually, in Fastest Way. It was the first time I, I really elucidated it. It, I call it slope of the curve biology. And mm-hmm. we've often thought for exercise, like endurance exercises, like how much time, how many calories did you burn? What was the total energy output? This comes from calories in, calories out kind of thinking. But it appears that the most biological adaptation comes from not the area under the curve, the total volume of work you did, but as to with mm-hmm. how quickly did you go from zero to 100 and back to zero? So yep. a very brief spike of almost anything causes way more adaptation than spiking up to 70% yeah. and holding it. The stronger it the stimuli. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not just the strength of the stimuli. It's the the rapid onset and the strength. Mm-hmm. In other words, like a vertical wall of, oh my God, I can't do this, causes way more benefits than uh, I could barely do it and I did it for three minutes. Right. Right. So does that seem to, to jive? I feel like the X3 is one of those things that, that – turns on that muscle simulation faster mm-hmm. than lifting oh, yeah. heavy stuff. And you're, I mean, no matter yeah. what, you're training with higher weight with more repetitions than you could ever handle in a, in a conventional setting. So, yeah, absolutely. It is, it is the most intense stimulus a muscle is ever going to get, and the muscles respond. Cool. Uh, one more question for you. Um, in, in your new book, um, you talk uh, about some nutritional recommendations. And mm. you and I, like with the Bulletproof Diet, we, we're very close to agreement. How did you dial in to where you ended up? I mean, there's a, a few small yeah. differences, but w- how did you get there? I'm glad you're asking this question. Like, yeah. so, so um, my approach was, like, you had a whole series of challenges as a Silicon Valley executive uh, to, to get past when it came to your brain function when it came yeah. to just brain fog, you know, just like losing, weight. losing yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, or just being tired all the time. For me, it was more like, okay, I need to recommend a nutrition program, something. And I, I had always been, you know, I was ketogenic sort of before, like without really even knowing, yeah. like I told you, like Dan Duchesne wrote about it in his book, you know, years and years ago. And it was like all mm-hmm. these biohacks that involved all these like highly illegal drugs. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this Duchesne book is, is useless awesome. with the exception of this one section about <laughs> ketogenic nutrition. Um, that's the only thing I could do in that book. Everything else was just sort of like curiosity. Like, wow. Like, I'm surprised you didn't die running this experiment, Dan. <laughs> uh, coincidentally, you did kind of die young. Nobody really yeah. knows how. It's true. Um, I think there's a documentary film coming out about that guy's life, and I can't wait to to see it. Interesting I, guy, yeah, it, very interesting. Chris Bell is is uh, doing doing a movie. Oh, is it Chris? Cool. Yeah, we, yeah. I was yeah, just yeah, texting yeah. with him yesterday. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, what a great guy. Uh, yeah, and it'll be an amazing movie, uh, as all of his movies are. But, um, so I knew about ketogenesis, and I knew that it might be somewhere in there, but I wanted to pick the nutrition that was associated with the longest life because that's that's really where where we all want to go we want to live the longest so 
Now you start reading nutrition research about longest life and, you know, because Nabisco wants everybody to be vegan only because they know that vegans don't eat kale. They eat cookies and cakes, uh, that they, they want to promote their own products. So like, there's so much bizarre funding conflicts in nutrition Uh. research. And so I, I try to go like in a different direction. Like, what are the things about the human body that make people live the longest? And then when I go from that point, then it doesn't matter what the conflicts are because I already have a start point. Mm -hmm. So what was going to make people live the longest? And there were two things I came across that were absolutely 100% stark, and it was being strong and being lean. If you're strong and lean, you're going to live longer than everybody else. True. So I was like, okay. Strong and lean. How do you get strong and lean? What's the best nutrition for the greatest amount of strength and the lowest levels of body fat? And it's like kind of ketogenic carnivore type nutrition. Now, I wanted to be at a caloric deficit more often than not. Uh, So I chose lower levels of body fat and higher levels of protein. That's really the only difference between what you're telling people and what I'm telling people. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, Now... And my target, by the way, isn't as lean as you can get. My target is, you know, 10 to 10 to 13 percent, like longevity levels of leanness. And what you're talking about may actually confer longevity because you're saying I have extra aminos. I I don't think we have enough evidence to say that that's the maximum longevity diet. But I got to say, you look pretty good. So like, you know, what what can we what can we do? We don't know. Yeah. And and like I said, the the information that would go against what I'm doing and say your body fat is too low. These these were people that were starving to death. So they had they had all kinds of problems that I don't have. So, sure. so I, yeah. So we, and, we, what I'm saying is we, we don't know. But I also, it, I also may cool. determine, I may determine yeah. that 7% is just as low as my body really wants me to get. Yep. You know, and it, it's a shame that this, I don't even want to call it a sport. The, the pageantry of bodybuilding <laughs> is, and bodybuilders will agree with this. I'm not making fun of bodybuilding. Yeah. It is, it is a sport of illusions. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I can, I can hold my arm, get the, the mic out of the way. Like I can hold my arm like this uh-huh. or like this. It looks bigger when I hold it up at an angle because the cross section's longer. Right. Right. So, and they know this, like the guys yeah. who are presenting themselves on stage, they want to do so, so that if they have a wide set of hips, they want to pivot their waist just a little bit every time they're showing the audience their hips. So the waist looks narrower and the upper body looks bigger. Uh, they are, um, they're contouring muscle. So mm-hmm. the tan they put on is a little darker where the shadows are supposed to be. It's exactly. a little lighter where the shadows aren't. Yeah. And then of course they, they, it's just all sorts of things they're doing with carb loading right at the last minute. So the carbohydrates go into the muscle and not oh, yeah. into the skin because there's a, there's a lag there. So like what they look like on stage or for a photo shoot, they only look like that for maybe like an hour or two. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, if you know that because you know, people who are in the sport, it loses its luster. You're like, okay, yeah. so mm-hmm. this is really calculated nutrition timing that has nothing to do with health. It has to do with creating an aesthetic. Yeah. And so, Effects. yeah, I, I just kind of 
forget that whole that whole thing. But the problem is it's given a lot of people an unrealistic expectation as to what lean is. I yeah. say you want to look for you want to look for how lean you probably ought to be. Look at performance athletes. Because it's exactly a, right. Yeah, a bodybuilder crazy lean. Ugh. Yeah, a bodybuilder will fall over. Yeah. If they try and like sprint and, when they look I've, like that at the contest. I have lost track of the number of uh, fitness competitors, especially women, um, who say, I never looked better and I never felt worse. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's uh I don't know. And you know, of course, I'm 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 presenting a product I want people to be excited about. I want to look at my best, but do I want to go down that same road? Now, I dehydrated and carb-loaded one time. I looked amazing. I felt like total yeah. garbage. <laughs> I, I felt like <laughs> I had had like did. 11 Red Bulls. Yeah. Like, I mean, just splitting headache. Like, I couldn't open my eyes all the way. Light hurt my eyes. Doubled over in pain for my stomach. But she looked um, good, so it was okay. Oh yeah, it was just like I looked like a skin cadaver, <laughs> and you know, and, and and again, it lasted a couple hours, and it was like a week of just shit yeah. I went through to pull that off. Uh, and you know, the photographer was like, "Was it worth it?" And I looked at the pictures, and I'm like, "I don't really know." Men, men's health Maybe came not. to my house a, a few years ago, and it was supposed to be a thing about upgrade labs. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, they were filming all this cool gear that I use. And then like, all right, take your shirt off. And I'm like, hold on a second, guys. I know what people do when they take their shirt off for men's health, right? Diuretics and all this crap. And I'm like, hey, mm -hmm. I had spray tans. I'm, I haven't done any of this crap. And right. the photographer was like, well, all right, um, if you don't like it, we won't do it. So I'm standing there in the cryo machine with my shirt off. And I'm like, this is actually just how I look. You can see stretch marks in the picture. And I was somewhere around 10.1% body fat with no prep. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I look pretty good. Right, but I did not look like Wolverine, <laughs> right? And, right, and, and that's the difference. Right. Wolverine so, doesn't even look like Wolverine. He just did for that one scene. Exactly. Yeah. And so if if people, you know, if you listen to this, going, oh wait, you know, maybe my goal isn't to look like that all the time because the look of a hunted animal is the look that we're achieving, and it's not attractive. Um, it, it, it's it's sculpted and interesting but in terms of actually even attracting the opposite sex to look like a, a good partner in bed we know in our bones that someone that lean is a stressed hungry person and it's yeah. not attractive so it's okay to have a little bit more body fat and it to be healthy and muscular and energetic mm -hmm. so there's there's something with our 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 perceptions and our desires there that's getting set by social media that'll probably get turned off over a while sure yeah. Cool. Sure. Well, well, John, I, I, I do want to congratulate you on, uh, on the X3. It's been, uh, nice. uh it's been, it's really taken off. I mean, you've, you've, like I said, a hundred thousand customers. 100, it, it's really more now, but yeah, it's cool, man. The, the very first, you know, the very first thing I got to play with when it was an unknown product and it's, it's proven over the last three years that it actually works and you got all the pro athletes on it. And yeah. go to uh, jquishbiomedical.com is the best site for it. J A K Y F. Jquish Biomedical. Now people have trouble with my last name. Yeah, that's hard uh, to spell. Yeah, yeah. So I just I have a landing page, and you can get to anywhere from there. It's just drj.com. D o c t o r. The letter J. dot com. 
drj.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-J.com. Yeah, so guys, go there. You can check out all the cool stuff that John's working on. Uh, he knows a thing or two. And is there a landing page for your new book or are you just people go to Amazon or what's the best uh, way to get it? Uh, drj.com. There's, okay. there's the book. The, the, the link to the book is there. Uh, then it says like superior nutrition that takes you to Fortigen, uh, superior exercise that takes you to X3. Uh, and then there's a couple other like scientific links. Okay. Yeah. And, and the book is called weightlifting is a waste of time. Weightlifting and I is would, a waste of time. I would agree with that a hundred percent, uh, and that you can do better in less time. Uh, yep. it's a whole hypothesis for a lot of the a lot of the work that I'm doing in different businesses. So thank you for just continuing to push the limits. I want to know what happens with your, how lean can I, can I go? I want to see I'll your labs. You. Your leanest. Show me yeah. your CRP and your LPPLA2 and uh, homocysteine and all that. And let's, uh, let's see if you can break some new barriers there, John. That's right. All right. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Dave. If you liked today's episode, you know what to do. Uh, read the book. There's always something to be picked up. There's a lot of new research in here. You're going to learn about how to put muscle on faster than you think you can and a lot of other new and interesting thinking uh, in a way that's that's worth your time. And it's called Weightlifting is a Waste of Time. So check it out. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.